Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRIR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. Wait, what? I, I'm reading. I don't know. That's what it said for me to say. Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRIR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. I liked the other one where we said each other's names, where we were, we, we took, we assumed each other's identities. You know, of all of the things, you know, we don't really read off of a script or anything, but that is the one part that we basically read word for word what Amber puts on our outline. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I read it word for word and, and I knew that I was you know, I, I knew that it was going to be something different that I was supposed to say, and I still did it. So, and anyway. it's the one part of our script or our outline or whatever you want to call it that stays the same for every single episode. This is going to be episode 61. We've now said this 61 times, and yet we still read it word for word every time. So, so what's really funny with that is that I am, I am a candidate for Missouri Realtors 2023 treasurer. Ooh. And so, oh, yes, fancy. Speaking is how we're going to have some leadership on this call here later. Anywho, um, so my way of advertising myself, because the campaign rules only allow for three emails to be sent to the board of directors members um, during your campaign time. Well, it's a 12-month campaign. Three emails is not very many emails. So really, it's phone calls and notes through the snail mail and going and visiting people in person. So I, instead of just doing the traditional postcard to everybody, I'm doing handwritten notes to all 342 directors. Well, actually there's a few more than that, but some are married couples. So I'm doing handwritten notes to both of them together, say no card. And I'm saying the exact same thing on every card. I am 200 and 220 cards in. I've got them stacked on the floor here. So I've only got 120 some more to go. Anywho, but I have to like my brain says every single word every single time like and I know that on my size of my postcards they're like uh, five by seven cards so they're fairly large size cards that's my logo on one side yeah and I know that what word should be the last word on the end of every line and sometimes I get really close sometimes there's a bunch of space and I'm like I'm writing the exact same words how is it not exactly spaced the same. Also, I have carpal tunnel, but it's. <laughs> do you actually have carpal tunnel? I'm getting carpal tunnel from doing this Variety. project. So I can do about 10 at a time. It takes me about an hour and 20 minutes to get 10 of them done. And then I go and I do something for an hour how or two. Long and then I... are, are these, how long are these notes? I'll show you. What are you, I'll why are you right writing there. notes that are that long? Well, so if, so, uh, so any Missouri the same thing if you pick this, a really long one to write? If, well, so if I could have gone back in time, I would have printed most of the note on the backside and then just wrote a quick little note yeah. to everybody and then signed my name at the bottom. That would have been, but I'm big on handwritten notes. I don't sure. like pre-printed stuff. I now realize that was an idiot, but here's how much I'm writing on the back of each one. Oh my God, Bobby. Wait, that was upside down. You, can, you people can't see this, but it's <laughs> tiny print and it fills the entire thing. Also, and you I've done write, that 220 times. What is, what is up with your, your handwriting is too perfect. It's also like a perfectly straight line. See, I could never do something like that. It's not because I don't value handwritten notes, but like my handwriting is terrible. And if I were writing that much on, on, a, on a card like that, by the end of it, it would look horrible. Nobody could read it. 
Nobody can so that's the other thing I'm doing is I'm concentrating really hard to make sure there's equal spacing between the line above it and the next line so that I can make sure I'm kind of going in a straight-ish. So there's guys, a lot of concentration with it. If, if you're a Missouri realtor member, um, I just want you guys to understand that Bobby is writing an essay for each of you. <laughs> you're going to get it. And, it's just and for the directors. It's not every realtor. Oh my gosh. I'm not sending 24,000 cards. It's only 342 cards. Goodness. But I now have it down to a system where if I do 30 per day, I will be done by Sunday morning. And then I have some stickers that are coming to put on the backside to seal them so that I don't have to lick 342 of them. And those stickers should be here. So they should go in the mail early next week. So oh my gosh. I've had That's better crazy. ideas, okay? So All right, we don't got, judge we, my something. campaign on that idea. But I do care enough for everyone. And that's the thing is, as I'm handwriting each one, I'm thinking about the person going, oh, I just saw them post about this on Facebook, or oh, this isn't someone I've You're met before about at our next good. meeting. I wanna make sure that I, I track them down and talk to them. So it actually is good as opposed to just sending it out in the mail. Um, and what's interesting is I've gone through some of these and some of our Kansas City realtors, they've changed companies in the last couple of months. And so the information KCRER had, or not KCRER, Missouri Realtors had for their address, I was like, wait, that's not right. And so I've had to text a couple of people and go, hey, what you, but now some of these people, like if they're over in St. Louis, I'm gonna have no idea if that's a correct address or not. So eh, it is what well, it is, so. There you go, you're amazing. No, I'm just stupid, but that's fine. <laughs> you're not stupid. God, okay, we, we, there's something we've and, gotta talk about. But, and I, you know, I'm not, this is the first time, you know, our statistics, I know that this is like, we're recording this in advance. Right. Like, spoiler alert, guys. We don't record oh, this yes, like the night before. This. Inventory <gasps> is like below a month officially, which it has been yeah. realistically, like, I mean, we knew that. We knew it was coming. What's crazy is that if you take out new home construction, like when we say 0.9 months of inventory, like, and if you don't read your emails, guys, we're at 0.9 months of inventory right now. Which is in insane. That's Johnson County. Market wide, I don't remember what the number was, but it's it's pretty much below one month market below wide. Below one month of inventory. And that's including new home construction, which includes homes that are uh in in uh you know they might just be in foundation stage, right? And they're not actually ready mm -hmm. for an occupant. Uh if you take out new home construction, uh, that number is is it's I mean, we're, we're in, we're in, I mean, it's not going to get better in March. You know, I know that this is airing in, I mean, I guess we're in March right now, actually. We're the end of March by now. It will be the end of March. It's not going, we're, we're not going to see more inventory come on suddenly, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. What are, what, Bobby, I get, I, and this is what I'm asking people. What are you doing right now to find inventory? Praying. Praying. Is that not, <laughs> okay. I just did a search in Buchanan County, which is St. Joe, for active listings between 160 and 210, which is our bread and butter spot up here. How many active listings do you think we, and we are a 75,000 person town, Buchanan County will be a little bit larger, so probably 80, 85,000. How many active listings do you think we have between 160 and 210? 14. One. Woo! One. 
That's crazy. Two weeks ago, I was pulling it for a CMA that I'm doing. And I was doing 160 to 210 for that because we're going to be somewhere in that range. There were eight two weeks ago. Now there's one. That's what am I doing for, for stuff? I, nothing. Because there's nothing to do right now. I mean, there's, there's 14 under contract, one active. That's crazy. I mean, our, our job right now, let's just be honest. Our job right now is finding sellers. Our yeah. job right now is finding inventory. That is, well, that's the name of the game. And I've been telling people, if you're working with a lot of buyers right now and you're waiting for, and I love the MLS. I'm, I'm the uh, president elect <laughs> yeah, of the MLS. I do. I love the MLS. You're an officer it, of the MLS. I am. If you're waiting for the MLS to give you, uh, for, for inventory to show up on the MLS, nope. you're not doing your job. Nope. Well, you're not doing your job. And I think we are part of the problem, if I'm being honest with you. I, I think all of us shouting, there's no inventory, there's no inventory. We're scaring sellers into not putting their houses on the market because where are they going to go? Where are they well, going to live? What are they going to do? But also, I mean, that's a valid concern. I think that, in my opinion, the reason why we're, we're messing up is because with all of this stuff going on, we're throwing stuff out about how, you know, interest rates are going up. If you've been thinking about buying a house and you've been waiting, you better get on it quick. And it's like, guys, we don't need, we need more buyers. Like we need a hole in the head right now. Like stop it with the buyer marketing. And I I'm looking at one. all of you people. I'm talking about, you know, if you're, we've got big companies in the area that are saying, you know, five times why, you know, February was the right time to buy. You know, it's like, no, you, you stop it. <laughs> we've got plenty of them. <laughs> I saw a post. That's my opinion. There was a post yesterday. It may be one of our listeners because I honestly don't remember who posted it at all, but it was a post directed to buyers about the difference between buying now and buying a year from now and how much more it's going to cost because of home prices and mortgage interest rates and why they need to buy. And it's a real why conversation. Do we need more buyers. No. That's true. It's a real conversation. And I think that that's, I mean, you, I mean, yeah, it is entirely likely that we're going to see the same amount of appreciation, of appreciation year over year that we've seen, that yep. we saw last year. There's yep. a good possibility of that. And it is, there's a strong possibility that prices are going to be much, much higher. Yep. Um, that being said, yes, we, we really need inventory before we're bringing more buyers into this marketplace. We do. We can't, we can't have 17 offers on every single property in the, in the market. I mean, that yep. just isn't, you know, we were, we're cutting FHA buyers out of the marketplace. Let's just be honest. We're cutting uh, a lot of VA people are being cut from the marketplace. They aren't able to buy right now in a lot of situations, which is, I mean, in both of those instances, that's really too bad. We work like really hard at the NAR level to make sure that FHA and VA uh, programs, uh, you know, exist. We've worked really hard for that and for a long, for a long time. And, you know, they're, they're not able to really participate in the marketplace at the moment. Um, and, and it's, a, it's a sad deal. Um, and, and I, my heart aches for some of those people. And in a way it's discriminatory, but you can't tell a seller. I mean, cause, because it's not a, VA is not a protected class. FHA is not a protected class. And yet. Yeah. It's, it's not a discriminatory lose, lose in that sense, that we're in. but it, but it is, it, is, it is keeping people from participating in the marketplace. If you don't have enough cash right now to make up for a appraisal, uh, appraisal modification addendum, I, if you don't have enough cash to do that, you're, what are you doing? And, and I cannot in good conscience be telling people to 
wave appraisals, pay over appraisal, wave your inspections. But that's what buyers are having to do to get yeah. the homes. And I, in good conscience, can't tell someone wave an inspection. That's a good idea. If they want to, if they want to win. I know, but that's that comes back to to me, just my uh-huh. own internal thing being like, you do what you want to do. I'll ride the offer however you want to. That's right. Uh, I make that, sure they're that, informed. It's that side inside me. So getting someone what they want, but then three to five months down the road, them regretting what they did because they got caught up in the bidding war. They got caught right. up in all this. And now they've got $30,000 worth of repairs to make to the house that they can't afford to, but they were too caught up in the moment that it, I have a real ethical dilemma in this market, quite frankly, between I think, getting my buyer what they want and what they should be doing. You're not alone in that. You're not alone in yeah. that at, at all. I think that a lot of people are feeling that way. Hey, um, Alex. Yep. So today is our 50th book bit. All right. So I've got, I have a confession to make. I'm trying to drag this part on because I know what's coming. There's a lot of books. So we're going to play a little game to see if Alex has been retaining all of this book wisdom. We have a list of book titles that Alex has not seen <laughs> And he has to decide from hearing the title, whether it is a book from my book bit or a title that our illustrious Amber made up. Are you ready? This is great. Yes, I'm ready. First one, you cubed. Real book. Nope. We did one called you squared. What? Oh, (laughs) no, that, God, that is not fair. But you were wrong. Now that's some that's some gotcha nonsense right there. Yeah, I know. That is that's it. not cool. Okay. I'm having a hard time not swearing right now. Yep. All right. All right. So next gotcha one. Gotcha nonsense is what I just said. Gotcha nonsense. All really right. Here we go. Say. Here we go. Think and grow rich. That is a book. I don't know if it's one that you did or not, but that so is Amber's not going to throw you off with a book I didn't do. Just if it's a real book or not. We've only put our books on here. So it's a real book. Okay. By Napoleon Rich. Napoleon Hill. My brain's shutting off. All right. Next one. The Art of Happiness. Also a book. Yes. This is a book by the 14th Dalai Lama and Howard Cutler. Next one. Tribe of Titans. That's not a book. <laughs> No, it's a made-up hybrid of two Tim Ferriss books, Tribe of Mentors, and Tools for Titans. Good job. All right, next one. Through the Wire. Not a book. What is it? If it's not a book, what is it? Mm -hmm. Through the Wire. See, now this is a double quiz because he should know this. What is it? It's a Kanye song. He's trying to sing it. You just, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay, go look it up. Through the wires, a Kanye song. Okay. Okay. Kanye's which going album? through the wire right now. He's going through divorce. Poor Kanye. What? Well, yeah, I know. I know which album is that on. Don't know. I don't know these things. So, okay. It's from right. the college dropout. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good album. I don't. I don't know that song though. I'm sorry. All right. Last one. Irresistible. Again, that is a book. I don't know. No, you did yes. not do one called we Irresistible. You did do one called Irresistible by you Adam did? Taylor. Yep. By who? Adam Alter. Sorry, I said it wrong. Okay. All right. I didn't know that one. 
That's the only one I got which wrong. Episode, but yes, we did it. All right. So we need to do a book bit because uh, our guest, which Hold we have. Hold on. Hold on. I just worked really, really hard. And I think I only missed one of those. You're not going to give me any coot. I'd miss two? No, you missed. Well, because the last one you said no to, and it really was one we did. So you missed the very first one. You cubed. So. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to count that. I got that one right. That was nonsense. Like I said, that, that was that nonsense. I'm still censoring myself. You're censoring your, oh, so now you're censoring yourself. Um, also, I need you to know that, I, so I get a daily digest from the postal service of what mail I'm getting for the day. Have you signed up for this daily digest from USPS? Yeah, it's awesome. That's where I love it's it. At. So today I'm going to get a postcard that tells me not to be a mule, a money mule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just flipped over to my email real quick and I was like, whoa, don't be a money mule. What is it? What's that about? I don't, maybe you'll get one in your mail too. I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you. So we've got a book fit. Let's do it. I can't do this in one do, minute. Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey. So today we're going to be bringing on um, Janet Judd, who's the current president, actually Janet Rodriguez Judd, who is the current president of the Missouri Realtors. And so I wanted to do a leadership book. And my book that I chose for this episode is Never Eat Alone. Not a and real book. My Quote from this book. Yeah, you better remember this one. There'll be a quiz at 100. Um, it'll be a fill in the blank where you got to fill out the words to finish the title. Anyways, uh, the, the book is, um, it explains the art of networking and gives you advice how you can power, uh, harness the power of good relationships to become a good networker, which in real estate, we've got to be a great networker. And Janet is a great networker. So my quote is, success in any field but especially in business is about working with people, not against them. What a crazy thought. But, you know, in real estate, sometimes we start working against the other side as opposed to working with them. That's and right. We need to know how to do that better. So my three lessons is relationships aren't like cake. They're like muscles. Okay. So the great analogy in the book describes how relationships actually work, which is a good thing to know before you start building them. He says they're not like cake, which disappears every uh, disappears over time because it gets smaller with every slice you take. But instead, relationships have a lot more coming with muscles, and the more you use them, the stronger they get. And so he talks about generosity and loyalty and all that. And Alex just cannot believe that I compared relationships to cake. He wants some cake now, but that's fine. Lesson two, start building your network now, not just when you need it. You know, that's so typical when people get into real estate, we tell them to start building their network. Well, they should have built it before they even got into real estate and you have to build it a long time before you need it. A good networker builds relationships like a marathon runner, not a sprinter. So you got to keep building it up. It's like that muscle. You got to build it up over time. And the third is how you spend time with people matters a lot more than how much time you spend with them. You know, we even think back to Zooming right now and it's just quantity, 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 but it really should be more quality. Let's spend shorter bursts of time, but actually have those quality conversations. Have your real trusted friends and the best small talk isn't small talk at all. So that's our book bit. That's a good uh, book I did not tell you the name of the, the author was Keith Ferrazzi. I, I, was, I was having a hard time because you can't say, 
one thing's like cake and the other thing's like muscles. Those two things aren't related. That's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> write the book, man. I'm just reporting on it. I like just it. Just reporting good, on good, it. Good book bit. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe, and we are joined this afternoon by the illustrious Janet Rodriguez Judd, the 2021 Missouri president. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations, Janet. Thanks for being here with us. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Amber. And thank you, Alex. I, I, I know I'm going to enjoy it. Thank you. We're going to enjoy you. So there's that. Um, so Janet, I love your story. So tell us your real estate journey, but tell us your journey before real estate. Tell us all the things you've done in your life. Cause I love it. I, I absolutely love your story. Well, for me, um, I'm an air force brat. So my dad was in the service. So we traveled everywhere. Um, so I went to 13 different schools before I graduated. So that means 13 different, I mean, three different high schools. So just the homeless nomad. And so it's really weird that I sell homes. But throughout that whole time is that I always wanted to be a police officer. I guess the military, the discipline and all of that, that I didn't bother studying for anything else. It was always law enforcement, criminal justice, that kind of stuff for me. And, um, so I became a police officer and uh, did that for just under five years. I was the first female in a 55-man department. So this is the early 80s, probably before some of, some of our members were born, but like Alex. But um, so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, that's what I did. And I was, I did real estate. I got into real estate while I was a police officer because in police work, you end up um, doing a lot of odd jobs to make extra money. And, you know, some of those odd jobs are, are like sleeping on construction lots at night to make sure they didn't steal the cranes and materials and stuff. Like, they're just weird things. Um, I got to do some body garden, guard guarding for a Shah, you know, at the Ritz Carlton for his harem. Um, got to, anyway, got to do a lot of odd jobs because I was a female and, and got to do some weird things. Um, got to do some SWAT team exercises and, um, my background being Puerto Rican. So I got to throw a lot of Spanish at them and terrorize them that way. Um, but anyway, I got to do a lot of unusual, cool things. And I met my husband, um, being a police officer, but so when we, when we sold his house, and I was really involved in that process. Rick said, maybe you should try real estate. You seem to really like it and you had a knack for it and you understood it. Maybe you should get your license. So I did. And it just kind of took off. And, you know, my fellow brothers and sisters, well, brothers in real estate didn't really have any sisters. Um, but the dispatchers were my friends. They were mostly females. And so they started using me and after a couple of years, that's when I hit that five-year line, and it was like, do I stay? Do I go? I can get my pension back if I go now, and if I stay that five years, longer than five, then I was going to be in it for the duration, and so I left because Rick was a police officer, and 
it was hard having two officers in the house, you know, and wanting a family and all that good stuff. So real estate became full time. And I was with Ira Berry. And um, when I had like five deals lined up and, you know, I thought I was hot stuff. You know, I had five deals. I was, you know, did almost, I did 33,000 under a million my first year, which was huge back then. And um, I had five deals lined up. And the minute I gave my resignation, all those deals fell apart. It was septic, termite, furnace. I mean, everything that I touched fell apart. And my broker said, if you stay here, if you stay, you're going to be a great agent after having such hurdles. And I couldn't go back. There was no going back. Those guys would have never let me forget it. So um, I stayed and here I am 36 years later. 36 years. You look that like is it was an yesterday. incredible story. It kind of, it does. <laughs> but Bobby, Bobby knows my story because of installation. They caught me by surprise. And um, an award ceremony from the chief of Clayton and my husband, they conspired. And it was a total shock. And that man, it's, I'm hard to surprise. And, and he did get present me with an award and they gave me an antique baton that police officers used to use and it had my DSN on it. So that was pretty cool. You need to go back and stalk her Facebook because the photos of the whole event and everything was just, it was a, I'm so sad that I could not be there. So my, my apologies. And yet it was so amazing even sitting at home and watching it and just seeing, you're right. It's very hard to surprise you. You always not that you're a control freak, but you know everything. You have your hands in everything. You always want to know what's going on. And I'm going to guess some of that's probably your military and law enforcement background is surprises are not good in those areas of life. And so just seeing your face when he showed up with the baton and the award, and it was just, it was amazing to be a part of that experience. So you got into real estate, got your family. You have such a beautiful family, but beside that, how did you end up becoming Missouri Realtors president? It was a journey. And uh, for me, it started maybe 20 years ago. It wasn't that I really thought I was ever going to be president, but I got involved at the association. You know, I was a young mom. You can tell. I mean, I'm 62 now, but my son's 40. My daughter's 30. So I got involved at the association because the kids you know, being a young mom, my kids, high school, by the time they got out of high school, I was still, you know, like in my 40s. So got it kind of like the early empty nester syndrome. So I'd always been a volunteer, like at church and at school and all that good stuff. So now it was time for me to invest in my industry. Now it was time for me to do that and get involved at the board. So that's what I did. I got involved. I you know, was recruited to, you know, join the committees. And I, I, then I just kind of worked my way through all the committees. Then it was, okay, now you're ready. You should run for the board of directors. And I was a realtor associate at that time. And I ran for that and won a couple of times, got on the board of directors. Um, and I think I made a difference because I'm a, I do ask a lot of questions. I do double check things, a promise made as a promise kept in my world. And um, when people didn't keep their promises, I, I made them accountable for it. 
So that was a big deal. And eventually I just worked my way up that ladder in St. Louis and became president of St. Louis in 2015. And at Missouri Realtors, you know, that back when I first started at St. Louis, they made it mandatory that you had to attend the Missouri Realtor meetings. That was something that was mandatory. And now it's not. So we had a lot of participation back then. Uh, we had Fred Cracky, Mark Stallman. Um, we had a couple of presidents right back to, I mean, from St. Louis back then. And then once that stopped, we didn't have that participation from St. Louis because it wasn't mandatory for those leaders to come to the meeting. But I still kept coming. I still kept coming. So that was how I got involved in Leadership Academy, the Missouri Real Estate. I was best class ever, 2011. Best class ever, 2008. Yep. <laughs> so, and we're going to start that again. <laughs> but that changed my life. It really did. Um, it taught me dynamics about a team. It taught me dynamics about personalities and the business and about the associations. And I made friends there that are brothers and sisters. And once that opened my heart and it let me be me at Missouri Realtors, then I got to have people like Bobby involved in my life. I got to have more people involved in my life and in my heart. And now it's family. It, I can't be without them. And uh, my husband knows when a meeting's coming around the corner because he's going, oh, you, you need to see your friends. You need to, <laughs> you need to get there. And it's true. These people are part of my, my, my family. And you can do the best work when you're friends. You can, you can accept each other, your foibles, you know each other's strengths and your weaknesses, and you can just work together so well when you know, know somebody. And that's, what this, that's how it happened. That's what my journey was. Once I let myself open up to all the leaders that were there, that made me better. And then that's what helped me progress forward. And I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm at the podium. I can't believe it's such an honor. It really is. And I'm, I'm, I'm a full-time realtor. I do this full-time. I'm not, I don't have a team. You know, last year I did 6.2 million in volume. To some people that's a lot. To some they're going, that's nothing. But you know what? It's enough for me. It's enough for my family. It's enough for, and, and doing that while involved in leadership. Yeah, maybe I could have done more if I wasn't, but my heart's happy. So I'm good. Mm -hmm. Well, if that doesn't inspire people to get involved at their local or state association, I don't know what will. I mean, that, that's that's how, I mean, gosh, uh, people like Bobby and, and others that have gotten me involved, they, we do become family in that way. And it's, it's, it's just a really fun thing. You, mm -hmm. you nailed it. Um, so I understand that the Missouri Realtors theme this year is Ideas mm -hmm. Matter. And I wanted to know a little bit more about that and what, what is the intention behind that and kind of your inspiration behind that. Well, for me, it's that once we, we had that collaboration, you know, like Bobby is great at strap planning and being creative and 
you know, how she verbalizes and vocalizes things, you know, which is kind of like, it just, it can be, it can be spontaneous, but then somebody else, she can bring something forward and then somebody else might get a nugget from that. And then you take that and your brain kind of goes ding, ding. And then it's like a pinball machine. And then all of a sudden you get a great idea. And that's how we got C2EX, you know, the cruise and uh, 2,500 the cruise tickets. Cause somebody said C2EX sounds like a cruise ship. And we went, oh, that's it. We can do this. Do you remember that, Bobby? How exciting that was? I do and remember I, sitting in that room and just being like, oh, the best idea we've ever had. Dang, it just happened. And here we were being like, wah, 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 wah. and it just came out. And then guess what? Other states followed us. And, um, and, and that's what Missouri does. We are followed. We want to lead. I don't want our star to, sh to not shine. I want it to always shine and eclipse the others. So when you empower people to do that, it's amazing. So that's why ideas matter. And there isn't a crappy idea out there. We can just always massage it, finesse it, work with it. And that's why I made it Ideas Matter. There's no borders, no boundaries with ideas. Um, I tell everyone there's safe conversations, right? Everything's a safe zone. Uh, and that's what I want it to be. But no borders and no boundaries. We can just go anywhere we want with it. And one of the things that I love about it is that it engages anybody. Anybody can have an idea. Anybody can bring forth an idea. This isn't about Janet's year. This is about the Missouri Realtors year. And what are the ideas the Missouri Realtors can do? You're just the leader under which all of those amazing things, you're facilitating it happening underneath you. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love um, about your motto and your theme for this year. You know, another major issue that you are tackling this year under your leadership is realtor safety. What made you want to focus on realtor safety during your year? It, it's always been near and dear to my heart. I mean, I know it's the law enforcement background in me, but there's so much of what we do in our business that's not safe. You know, going to a vacant home with a stranger, you know, telling strangers that you're going to be sitting at a house from one to three all by yourself. Uh, isn't always the safest thing to do. And we're fortunate that, you know, I've been doing this 30, 36 years, but I've had some moments when I'm like, man, that would, that could have been, if that was someone else, that would have gone down the wrong way because I have different instincts than other people have. I do have a different personality than other people have, but you know, my daughter, she's five foot four, you know, 110 pounds soaking wet. Someone could lift her up and take her away in a heartbeat. That would never happen to me. I was never 110 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> so that's, I'm five foot seven. I'm a, I've always been a big girl, but I've always known how to do self-defense. I'm very alert. I'm very cognizant of my surroundings and there are people out there who don't have a clue and that's why you know i teach a safety course and um and, and i teach it from the realtor perspective of listings and buyers and sellers and how to protect them and how to make them more cognizant of what's going on in in their lives so that's why safety for me it's always gonna it's, it's gonna stay in my life forever 
because I looked at it. You talked about how sometimes we even slip up, even when we know better. And I actually had an incident happen to me just last week. And I, it, it, it scared me quite frankly. So I, I was showing a property way out in the country and it ended up being much further out in the country than I realized. And I had ended up so far out in the country that I had no cell service whatsoever. And it's an earth contact house and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting on my people and they're running late. I found out, but they couldn't tell me they were running late because I had no cell service. Now, I'm one of those people who tells my husband where I'm going. I, even if I go for a run here at my house, I tell him I'm taking this street, this street, this street, and this street. So if I don't come home, you know, all four streets, you need to go check to see where I'm at. Like that's just something ingrained into me. For whatever reason, this day, I did not tell my husband where I was going other than the town, which when you're driving on these back roads, like you could hear the banjos playing. We were that far out in the country. Mm-hmm. Then there's these weird cars that keep driving by this property very, very slowly. And I'm sitting outside because it's a beautiful day. I'm waiting for my people to show up. I don't want to be inside this vacant earth contact house because it's scary in there. Right. And I realize I don't have any cell service. And I'm trying to reach my husband, tell him where I'm at. And I even get up on the roof of the house, waving my phone as high as I can, trying to like tell him, this is the address if something happens to me. And I've been in this business since I was eight years old. And even veterans we slip up sometimes and we forget things and it was and i told my people when they got there i said if you were not the clients that i've known i've been showing them houses for nine years i know them pretty well (laughs) we're never gonna find the house you know those people um but had it not been you once i got here i would have gone if i had i not known you i would have drawn drove back to my office and told you to come meet me there like it was just that much of like my feelers of going off and we need to listen to that. They call it women's intuition. I don't know what men have. I'm not really. Body sense, you know, whatever it is. But once you're aware of a situation, if you had trusted your gut just a few minutes earlier, sometimes you're not able to react to that situation because you're not going to be given the opportunity. And I'm glad you brought up about the Wi-Fi. 33% of the country doesn't have adequate internet. And and, and with NAR, and I've brought this up with Missouri Realtors, is that we, at NA, the National Association of Realtors, we just send a survey out to, to these, the CEOs and AEs of associations across the country, asking them about putting in the MLS um, things like poor Wi-Fi putting about how that if, it's, if the house can't be seen from the road. And the poor Wi-Fi, because of the Supras, we can't use our phone. And if you know that you're going to have poor Wi-Fi, then you might bring somebody with you. That's a safety issue. Predators look to isolate us. That's what they want to do. They want to get you in a surroundings that you're isolated. They want to make sure that people don't see you. And that's what they're, and they stalk, not just one person at a time, they might be stalking five or six. And they might start first on Facebook. They, I mean, they, they scroll through Zillow, looking at the faces, you know, because they, everybody has a type. And, and so that's what they look at. And they're going to try, I can just go on and on about it, but talking about the Wi-Fi, it's surprising how negative people were that the AEs that did respond and we did not have a great response, which was disappointing in my mind Mm -hmm. um, from them, but 
they did not think that was significant enough to put in the MLSs. And so we're going to have to work on a culture change with realtors to make them aware of this. And it's going to take all of us to work on a culture change to teach the consumers that we're not Pop-Tarts and that we do have protocols and that we want to follow those protocols. And if that means coming and meeting us in a neutral location, for me, it's always a food place. I know all the food places around me. So I'll meet you on that parking lot. You know, yep. And that's how I'll do it. I'll meet you at Popeye's. I'll meet you at Burger King. I'll meet you anywhere. But it's on a parking lot at first. But I've had my scary, my scary things. And I, I had a situation last year where I was showing a house in Overland, Missouri. Decent neighborhood. I'd shown it several times. And the guy said, I'm going to be showing the property. You know, asked me to show the property. I said, sure, what time and what kind of car do you drive? And who's going to be with you? I mean, I get all of that up front. He said, my wife. And so I always park, you know, opposite the house so I can see it, see when they pull in. I never park in the driveway, so I'm not blocked in, et cetera. Um, I don't go in houses until the people get there. And I do that, number one, for security, but two, so that no one can ever say I took anything because I was always with somebody. I didn't take meds. I didn't take anything. So anyway, I get there. And they pull in the driveway. There's four guys in the car. Oh. No female, four guys, four big guys. Oh. And so I call them. Uh, oh, what happened was one of the guys from the back seat got out and went in the backyard. So now I see the guy in the backyard and I go, this is interesting. You know, not for me, I'm going, this is, I want to see how this plays out. So I called the guy and I said, hey, it's Janet. You know, um, I drove by. I see your car. I said, um, what did the guy get out of the car for? And he goes, what guy? What guy? And so I just, you know what? This show is not going to happen, bud. You know, <laughs> whatever his name was, it's not going to happen. And I said, I'm sorry that you drove out this way, but no, I'm not going to show it. I said, I saw a guy get out of your car. He is, still hasn't come back. And so this isn't going to happen. But they did not plan something nice for me. But how smart of you to have already been there, to be watching the situation, to put you know yourself into that. Um, you know, okay. and that's, we get our, I've had situations where I've been in houses and just pray that I make it out of there. And it's like, we shouldn't be putting ourselves mm -hmm. into that. And I, I do have to tell you, a light bulb went off with me when you just talked about the Wi-Fi and the Supra, because that property that I showed last week was on a combo box. And I remember thinking, yeah. wow, because it's, it's an agent in my office who's one of my top producers. And I was like, why would she put a combo box on this house? Light bulb did not go off for me till you just talked because there wasn't cell signal. If I had thought that ahead of time, I may have asked some questions to go, hey, why do you have a combo box on there? That's really odd for you. Mm -hmm. And so that thank you for that. All across the state, they use combo boxes. And when you're thinking about a seller's safety and the combo, I mean, there's a realtor here in St. Louis, and I will not say his name or the initial that he uses. He uses initials. I know that I'm going to get into his listings just go by ding, 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 same initial. Boom, 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 three times. He's, he's been doing it. He's been out there as long as I am. Those, those, those lock boxes. Lock boxes, I could share a story with you that 
years ago, and I'm talking years ago, this guy worked for the government, sold him a vacant house. It was a foreclosure. It was a pit. It was disgusting. I mean, I walked from the front door to the back door and had to breathe. That's how bad it smelled inside the house. Uh, this guy bought it. You know, uh, we go back to do our walkthrough just to make sure the house is still there. And I do my combo box and I go ding, 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 ding. I go inside. There's no carpet in the house. All the flooring in the house had been removed. It's subfloor. We're do and, and I'm like, holy smokes, what just happened? Somebody took all the flooring. Oh my goodness, blah, blah, blah. And I go, we gotta call the other agent. She's gonna have to call the police, the sellers. Mike and my buyer goes, Oh, I'm sorry. It was me. He said, I saw the combination on your sheet over your shoulder. So a couple of days ago, he came over with his buddies and planned on replacing the floor and took it off. Yeah. Blink is all I have from that. Blink. Yeah. <laughs> My buyer. Yeah. So I had to call the other agent and say, this is what happened. This is how it mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. and my buyer did it yep. and she said well oh. i'm not telling the seller i go i don't care what you do <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> i'm telling you you can do whatever That's right. you want but oh. there's some associations in some parts of the country that they do not cover agents that use combo boxes they're, they're not um i'm saying no i shouldn't say associations they're e and o insurance you know from the brokerage yeah Mm -hmm. That some E and O companies, if you don't use um, a Supra, so that they can be logged in the combo box, they won't cover you if something happens. And a seller could certainly say, "Hey, my house was broken into. It's due to your combo box." So it's all kinds of stuff can happen. It's and a real risk. It's yeah. a real risk. And for those of you that are listening, it is important to know that if you are going to go somewhere and there's an iBox out there and you might not, you don't know if there's going to be internet access, you can open your Supra app and have it update before you go out. But you need to remember to do that. I've been caught on the, I mean, I live a little further south. I've been caught, uh, caught not being able to get into a Supra box before because it didn't have Wi-Fi. Um, so you can open it up and have it uh, sync before you leave your house. Janet, there's one question that I always like to ask my guests at the end of our podcast, and that is, what else should we have been talking about that we have not talked about today? What should we have asked you about? Oh, that's a great question. For me, it would probably be about RPAC, the Realtors Political Action Committee, you know, being involved in, if you're a realtor, you're in politics. You may not realize it. And you probably don't have a clue how much RPAC uh, has done for your business and how much we've advocated on your behalf so that you don't have to pay additional taxes. So that in Missouri, you were considered an essential personnel and we got to continue selling real estate during, the, during COVID. Uh, so it was because of our latest legislative impact that we have. We are the largest trade association in the state of Missouri. Mm -hmm. and, that, and it's all about money. It's all about dollars. But it's all about the leaders talking to the legislators. And so that's why RPAC should be on your 
watch on your face dial front and center and you need to know about it. So that would be it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I, I only speak for myself, but I can tell Alex absolutely loves you. And Alex wishes he could be a Missouri realtor too, so that we can have amazing leadership like yourself surround us every single day. So thank you for being here with us today, Janet. Darling, thank you, Amber. Thank you, Thank Alex. you, Janet. It was nice to meet you. Take care. On our next podcast, we're going to be taking the Dividing Lines Tour with our chair and vice chair of the Diversity Committee. If you're not aware, the Dividing Lines Tour is free through the Voice Maps app, and that is spelled V-O-I-C-E-M-A-P-S, Voice Maps. They have a bunch of different tours through different cities, but here in Kansas City, they have the Dividing Line Tours. It's going to take you on a tour all over Kansas City. Um, You're going to start at Shawnee Mission East, and you're going to end up past Troost and Paseo and hear the story of segregation through Kansas City. It takes about 90 minutes to do it, but if you'd like to follow along in our conversation on the next podcast, it would be great if you've taken the tour ahead of time.